Hi, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Morin, coming to you after the Coyotes uh, losing in a shootout to the Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday and before the Coyotes take on the Edmonton Oilers at Gila River Arena on Tuesday. Uh, Today is Monday, February 3rd. The Coyotes practice today at Gila River Arena. Uh, Everybody was on the ice to start the practice, but Oliver Ekman Larson uh, is looking pretty doubtful, I would say, for uh, for Tuesday's game, just in the sense that when the Coyotes uh, began doing rushes, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, took about half a rush alongside Nicholas Yalmerson and came right off the ice. So uh, it was pretty clear uh, after practice he was a little frustrated. We'll hear more about his status from Rick Tockett uh, at morning skate, but uh, still it was uh, not looking not looking great for Oliver. Uh, I would say he's, he's probably doubtful for that Edmonton game, which has very suddenly become a must-win game. And I know, I know we've been saying that a lot lately, but the more the Coyotes lose games and they lost a season-worst five straight, the more the Coyotes lose games, the more imperative uh, it is for them to win games. And they've, coming out of the break, have now lost three straight games coming out of the break against teams currently not in playoff position. That would be the Anaheim Ducks. That would be the Los Angeles Kings. And that would be the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the latest loss, uh, 3-2 to two in a shootout. Of course, the Coyotes getting a point in those last two games, but still losing decisions in uh, those three games against non-playoff teams, the last two of which were at home. Now the Coyotes have three straight games against teams currently in playoff position, and the first of which, the Oilers, in their own division and right in front of them in the Pacific Division standings. Currently, the Coyotes still occupying a playoff spot as we enter play on Monday. The Coyotes, 54 games, 59 points. Uh, that puts them in the second wild card spot. Calgary, the Flames, occupying that first spot, 60 points in 53 games. Vegas, also 54 games. They have 61 points, so two ahead of the Coyotes. And then Edmonton, only 52 games played. And 62 points. So uh, the game in hand, uh, two games in hand for Edmonton, one game in hand for Vancouver, who sits on top of the Pacific Division with 65 points. So Coyotes have some work to do. They're in a little bit of trouble. The team that just defeated them on Saturday, the Chicago Blackhawks, 52 games played, so two fewer than the Coyotes, and 56 points. Just a three point uh, separation between uh, Chicago and uh, Winnipeg as well. 53 games played, 56 points. So another game at hand right there. And uh, I would be looking at Nashville most closely. They only have 51 games played, so three fewer. Uh, That's six points on the table. They have 55. That's only uh, four points shy of Arizona. Uh, with six possible points on the table for Nashville. So uh, that that's the team that I think worries me more than Chicago and Winnipeg if I'm the Coyotes. Uh, behind me is, is those Nashville Predators. So like I said, the Coyotes have made things extraordinarily difficult for themselves at this point in the season, just given the fact that right now they're going to have to go and they're going to have to host the Edmonton Oilers here on Tuesday. They'll probably have a practice day on Wednesday, and then they're going to be hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, a, uh, a high high shot volume team. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes occupying the last wild card spot currently in the Eastern Conference, uh, which is a much tougher conference to be making the playoffs in than in the West. After that 7 p.m. local time game against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Coyotes will have to turn right around and head to Boston for a Saturday matinee. 
So a Thursday night game in Arizona, followed by a Saturday matinee in Boston. Very unfriendly, especially uh, given the fact that the Coyotes haven't won in Boston in what feels like you know forever. So the Coyotes very much struggled at TD Garden, and um, that certainly uh, doesn't bode well for them with that quick turnaround. So. Coyotes are then going to have to go from Boston. They've got a little bit of a an East Coast uh, or a, a Canada trip, I should say. They'll visit the Montreal Canadiens, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Ottawa Senators. I think a couple of those games the Coyotes uh, should definitely have. But um, you know, at this rate, given the the position the Coyotes have put themselves in, certainly imperative for them to be to be winning all of these games. But uh, there are some, you know, there's some reason. I mean, I think uh, anytime you you, you talk about the Coyotes say yeah they're struggling you know they're they're having a tough time people will come back at you and say well you know you know it's not all that bad you know they're in a playoff position and that's technically true but the Coyotes have played more games than any team behind them currently in the standings they played more games uh, than every team but one in the entire Western Conference. Only Vegas has played as many games as the Coyotes. Both teams ahead of them in the division have played less games, and all of the teams behind them, Chicago, Winnipeg, Nashville, and even Minnesota still in it, uh, just hanging on by a third, but they're still in it, have all played uh, fewer games than the Coyotes. Some have only played 51 games. That's three fewer. That's six points, and uh, given how tight the standings are, six points is massive at this point in the season. And the Coyotes, just 2-5-3 and three in their last 10 games is just not good enough. Not good enough. And their their goal differential is still positive. They're still a plus 4 on the season, which, you know, you look at some of the other teams they're up against. I mean, even Calgary's ahead of them. They're a minus 17 on the season. You look down. I mean, the, the, the bottom teams in the league, you look at San Jose, they're a minus 41. I, I, that just seems impossible to me. Uh, LA's minus 36. Nashville's a minus 2. And course the teams i mean you look at look at the teams i mean it's, it's a good indicator of, of how you're playing uh you know your, your goal differential i think says a lot because look at the teams that are ahead in the western conference first place in the central st louis a plus 18 second place colorado plus 33 third place dallas plus five and then look at the pacific vancouver first place plus 18 Edmonton plus eight vegas plus six and then the coyotes are the only other team in the west they're the seventh team in terms of uh, goal differential at plus four. So it's a pretty good indicator, I think, uh, of, of how your team is doing. But that number was a lot higher earlier in the season. It was a lot, lot higher, and the Coyotes have really struggled. And, you know, I think we've we've talked a lot about why that might be. You know, I think there are certainly some players underperforming. You know, I thought it was really interesting to hear Rick Tockett after the game on Saturday was asked, you know, do you need some more from some guys? And, and you know, Rick isn't the one who's going to, you know, go out and call out guys by name every single night because it does him no good. Because oftentimes, you know, Rick will say we need more from four or five guys. I mean, we, we watch the game. We know who he's talking about. We know he needs more from Clayton Keller. We know he needs more from Phil Kessel. He doesn't need to say that out loud. It does him no good. All he needs to do is say he needs more from four or five guys. And we all know who those four guys are. Uh, but Rick Tockett had some really strong comments, you know, I think relating to, to that topic after Saturday's game. I'm going to play that audio right now. Here was what Rick said about needing more from some of his highest profile guys. About more, some of your more highly paid and high profile guys. When you guys watch it, I'm not going to. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I, I think we know who you're talking yeah. about, but what do you, what's your message to them? And well, you gotta how, how can you expect them to, 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 to you know, to, to pick it up? Keep working. You got to work. You got to change, change your routine. If you're a guy that's in a perimeter, you got to start going to them. I don't know. I, I mean, it, we preach it every day. You know, it's, we're getting frustrated with it. Um, you know, and we're going to need them. 
you know, I can't bench six guys. You know, I can't call six guys up from Tucson. You know, I'm going to live and die by these guys. But you know, they've done it in the past. They got to, they just got to, they got to buckle up. We need them. And that's it. So there you have it. I mean, Rick Tockett saying right off there, you can't call up six guys from Tucson. You can't call up an entire team. You can't call up a whole line to come and save the day. That's just simply not how it works. The, you know, I think Phil Kessel and Clayton Keller. Yes, the Coyotes need both from more of those guys, but they're such different situations. Look at a guy like Phil Kessel. He's had some great, great seasons in his career, but look, he's on the back nine. He's getting older. He's not the player he once was, and that has become increasingly evident as the season has gone on. We've, you know, we, we talked earlier about how, you know, Phil Kessel was working through a groin injury earlier in the season. Our understanding is that he's perfectly healthy now. Well, where are you? I mean, he's been... He hasn't been horrible, but he hasn't been what he was billed to be. And, you know, maybe that's okay. Maybe Phil is just a third-line winger, and that's just the way it's going to have to be. By third-line winger standards, Phil has been just all right. I would be much more concerned about Clayton Keller than I would be about Phil Kessel, um, simply for the fact that the the situations are just so different it's not even it's it's really hard to compare the two because of how different the situations are i'm going to get into that more after a quick break here on locked on coyotes All right, and welcome back to Lockdown Coyotes, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Richard Moore, and talking about some some players who need to get it going a little bit for the Coyotes more. We mentioned before the break, Phil Kessel and Clayton Keller. A lot of guys, a lot of fans have kind of lumped those two players in as, okay, well, they need more from these two guys, or these two guys have been a disappointment. And, you know, while I'm not disputing that, I think it's important to understand the, the differences in their situations. Phil Kessel, look, he's on the back nine of his career. He's not the explosive skater that he once was. We've seen that this year. Maybe he still has that in him, but we haven't seen it through 53 games uh, yet this season. He's just not that kind of explosive uh, skater. Look, he's a veteran. He thinks the game very well. He's still making very crisp passes. Um, the shot hasn't been there, but that might be something that could um, that will round into form a- a- as time goes on here. But Col- uh, Phil Kessel has not been a horrible player for the Coyotes. He's controlled, he's controlled play at over 50% by most metrics. He's been an all right player. Maybe Phil is just a third-line winger, and that's all right. I would be much more concerned about Clayton Keller for the sole reason that he's got over 200 games in this league. This is Clayton Keller's third NHL season. He is 21 years old. He should be hitting the prime of his career right now. When Phil Kessel was 21 years old, he was shooting the lights out with the Boston Bruins. Clayton Keller just, there just really isn't that excuse for him as there was last year. Okay, last year, sophomore slump, you know, you have, uh, you know, you're kind of hiding behind that, the young guy, you know, oh, well, he's a young guy, you know, he's going to take some time to round into form. That doesn't apply to you anymore. You've gotten the big contract. You're being paid. You're getting 
big minutes. You're getting opportunities to shine, and you're just not there. Keller is currently mired in the worst 10-game stretch of his career, just one assist in his last 10 games. He had an 11-game stretch last year. We had one goal and one assist. Um, that was at the end of the season. That was when the Coyotes needed Clayton Keller the most at the end of the season during a playoff push. One goal, one assist in 11 games. He was the guy because they didn't have Phil Kessel. They didn't have Taylor Hall. They had Clayton Keller. And they didn't have Nick Schmaltz either. He was injured. And they needed Clayton Keller to do to, to do it for them, and he couldn't. And by and large, Clayton Keller hasn't been doing it for, doing it for them this year either. Now, he's had certain games and certain stretches. I think Clayton had a, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had a 16-game stretch earlier this season where he was a point-per-game player. He's had certain games where he looks like an elite NHL player. I think about, um, I think about the game in St. Louis where he absolutely took over that game. He was spectacular. And I think of a couple other games this year where he has jumped off the page. But in other games, Clayton Keller is really hard to find. And there have even been games where he's too easy to find because he's making mistakes out there. I think back to Saturday's game against Chicago and the Coyotes, who's, they've really struggled on that power play, and Clayton's been moved down to that second unit. That second unit established their position uh, in the offensive zone, which has proved very challenging. They get the zone entry, which they've been able to get the zone entries. It's the puck retrievals and the second and third chances. They get it in the zone. They establish uh, their unit on the line, and then Clayton Keller throws a blind pass uh, up to an empty point. I mean, it's, it's things like that that I imagine must really get under the skin of these coaches and what must really uh, irritate them when, when they look at this Coyotes team and they look at the potential there and the potential of some players who simply uh, just aren't doing enough for the Coyotes at this point in the season. This is crunch time. You've lost five straight games and your hold on a playoff spot is slip sliding away. You need Clayton Keller, of all people, to take a massive step forward for you. You need those guys to produce. Clayton Keller is going to be making a lot of money next year. A lot of money. And at this production, and Rick Tockett, you heard it in that quote to an extent there too. If you're not going to be producing offense for me, you need to be doing something. And Clayton Keller, look, if he's not producing offense, he's not doing anything for your team. And when you're a team like the Coyotes, you have capable forwards on the bench. You have, right now, Michael Grabner on the bench, a capable player. When when uh, Barrett Hayton is healthy and that's not far away, then Barrett Hayton is going to be a capable player for this team. I know Rick Tockett didn't want to send him that message by sitting him last year, but I wonder if, if this play keeps up and the Coyotes you know, get Barrett Hayton healthy and, and maybe they want to use Michael Grabner I wonder if they will send a message to a guy like Clayton Keller. We're going to get into that a little bit more uh, when we come back after this quick break here on Locked On Coyotes. All right, and welcome back to Locked on Coyotes, part 
of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Richard Morn here bringing you the latest Coyotes news, uh, interviews, and everything else. Uh, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, I know wherever you guys are listening right now, you might have found us through AZ Central. You might be listening here on the Megaphone Player, but we're also available uh, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, and really everywhere that podcast exists, Locked On Coyotes, and the rest of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network and Locked On NHL uh, Network is all available for you uh, across the internet and all of the different podcast providers for you. So uh, some good stuff there. I know there's a lot of other shows that that provide really, really great content, but appreciate you tuning in here and, and listening to, to Locked On Coyotes. It's been a blast uh, uh, coming to you guys so far, but I kind of giving you a state of where things are right now. I know a lot of people, you know, uh, are blaming Rick Tocchet for this, or you're blaming Phil Kessel for this, or you're blaming Clayton Keller for this. You know, I, I think a big part of this, and I, I, I don't think we're going to see the real Coyotes maybe until Darcy Kemper gets back. Maybe the real Coyotes were never division leaders. You know, maybe that was, maybe that was more a product of, of Darcy Kemper playing out of his mind. Maybe the real Coyotes are wildcard team. And if so... And Auntie and uh, and Darcy Kemper rather comes back. Where do the Coyotes go? Where do they end up? And and how well does Darcy Kemper play? Well, I talked to Rick Tockett after Monday's practice and sort of asked him the status of Darcy Kemper. He's been practicing with the team since the outset of the break slash bye week. Doesn't seem like Darcy Kemper has been cleared for a full practice yet. He's been practicing with the team, but Rick Tockett said he has not been a full participant in those practices. So it stands to reason that. He'll probably not be available for that Carolina-Boston back-to-back. My estimation is that Auntie Ranta will start one of those games, and probably Aiden Hill will start the other one. Does not seem like uh, Darcy Kemper will be ready. It's not impossible. I think it's possible Kemper could play, but unlikely at this point, especially since he hasn't been a full participant. I would, I would guess that Kemper would probably need at least three full practices uh, after being cleared in order to get back in-game action. Certainly bodes well that he's practicing in the first place, but uh, clearly has not been been a full participant. He's been out for a long time. December 19th was the date on which Kemper was injured, so it's been a long time. It's going to take some time to get him back into game shape, and the Coyotes want to make sure they have him for the rest of the year. They want to make sure they don't put him out there too soon, and then maybe they're stuck back with Auntie Ranta and Aiden Hill uh, for the home stretch. Although Auntie Ranta had a very, very good game against Chicago. A rough first goal. Uh, should not have allowed that first one to, to Brand Sot. He, he'd be the first one to tell you that. But, man, Auntie Ranta really locked it down on Saturday. I think that I think that instilled some confidence in, in, into some fans. Seeing, Auntie, seeing kind of the old Auntie Ranta, that's vintage Auntie Ranta. That was the Auntie Ranta we saw, uh, you know, during that first really, really successful stretch he had uh, when he came over to Arizona via trade. But I, I just think it stands to reason, you know, if, if you're going to be a playoff team, if you want to make a run this year, which the Coyotes want to do, Aiden Hill probably isn't the other goaltender you need. You you need both Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta because I think Darcy, I think Auntie Ranta is at his best when he has Darcy Kemper with him. Kemper has certainly emerged as an elite goaltender. He's given us no reason to think he's not an elite goaltender given his play in the last calendar year plus. However, Auntie Ranta has also shown us some elite numbers. But as of late, those elite numbers have come in a tandem context with Kemper. Once Ranta had to go on his own, he simply couldn't handle 
that starter's workload, became injured, had to navigate that, and then put up some less-than-stellar performances. Perhaps Auntie Ranta's best situation, his his ideal environment, is as not, not, not necessarily a backup. I'm not necessarily advocating that Auntie Ranta should be a backup. I'm advocating that perhaps Auntie Ranta's ideal environment, his preferred ecosystem, is in a tandem with Darcy Kemper. Maybe that's where Ranta flourishes. That's what we've seen so far. It's certainly what we saw this year because the Coyotes' goaltending was out of this world and it was stealing them games. Simply hasn't been the case. Now you might say, well, you got to score three or four goals a game to win. I don't disagree with you there. But Kemper was playing so well and Ranta was playing so well in relief of him earlier in the season, the Coyotes could score two or three goals and get away with it. You know, they're, those soft goals that you're seeing go in every once in a while, those are proving all the difference. For a lot of teams, you know, one soft goal a game, not really a big deal for most teams because they have more firepower. The Coyotes, they don't have that firepower right now. So those soft goals are proving to be all the distance. Earlier in the season with Kemper and with Ranta in that tandem setting, those soft goals simply didn't exist. They weren't going in. So uh, I would say, let's see what happens when Kemper gets back. We might see the real Coyotes at that point. But I think for now, especially standings-wise, this is looking like this is looking like the real Coyotes. So these are the Coyotes, and this is where they're going to finish. They're probably going to be a wildcard team or a third in the Pacific Division. The question is, how far will they continue to fall while Kemper's injured? Because it seems like at least the next three games will still be Sans Kemper. Will the Coyotes even be in a playoff position when Kemper gets back? And if they're not, can Kemper catapult them back into a spot? Well, there's only one way to find out, and it'll be to watch the games, the next of which coming on Tuesday against the Edmonton Oilers at Gila River Arena. I'll have another podcast for you guys after that game. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, For Lockdown Coyotes, I'm Richard Morin. We'll see you guys next time.